Hello, and welcome to the Twin Troopers Podcast. My name is Jake. And I'm Eric. And today we're just going to do a bit of a grab bag of topics uh, as we come into the run-up to Worlds, uh, which starts as of the time of this recording next week. Uh, so when you re- when you hear this, it'll be five days away. It's true that it all snuck up on me, Jake, I'll be honest. Yeah, me too. I have not put in near as much practice as I think I should have. Uh, yeah, it's been kind of stressful. I liter- I'm pretty certain just yesterday was the day I settled on a list. Oh, I and still even- haven't settled on a list. <laughs> and and I was on, because we did a practice tournament yesterday and played four games apiece. And I, I even on the bike ride, I, was, I biked to the game center. And on the bike ride there, I was like cursing myself because I was telling myself, oh, I should have brought this list instead of the one I brought. No. Yeah, and I uh, I had a I had a list that I was experimenting with and the experiment failed so now I'm back to the drawing board I think what I'm probably going to end up doing is that what I usually do for these world's tournaments is I decide the night before what list I'm going to run and right. it's worked out so far so we'll uh, we'll see if it continues ah it's going to work out fine <laughs> um well do you want to should we get into this we got a quite a lengthy list of topics that we want to just discuss today it's gonna be a little a little more free form than usual but, yeah, uh, definitely. This is this is definitely a very dated discussion. So uh, so listen during Worlds, and if you or, yeah listen before Worlds, or if, if you like our voices or like our points, then go ahead and listen whenever. But yeah, definitely a Worlds focused episode today. Yeah. Well, I was gonna I was gonna defend it a little bit more than that, Jake. Jeez <laughs> Louise. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say it's it is definitely this will be an episode that is a snapshot of time. But maybe it'll be useful too if you're wondering if like what were people playing, you know, before Worlds in 27. I mean, the meta won't change. Let's face it, things aren't going to change that much in the next six or oh yeah, 12, the, probably gonna, 12 months for that matter. But yeah, I think we're gonna have the same meta going into store champs. But people will feel a lot more free to experiment than they do for Worlds because it's not as high as stakes. All right, for sure. Uh, but let's let's start with um, we actually had a new map get announced recently. I knew it would happen. Every, like I, I was telling people, oh yeah, we're getting a new map about two weeks before Worlds because it happens every year, and people were still surprised and astounded and angry at the fact that there was a new map two weeks before Worlds, even though it happens every year. Yeah, I wasn't that surprised. I was, I was kind of happy that we got a new one. I, I honestly, for me, I really like the new maps because that injection of, um, I guess, like uniqueness into the game is, I think, a. I think it, that's it why really I play this sh- game in a lot of ways. So yeah, it really shakes up the meta and it rewards people who have uh, who are better able to improvise and better and rewards skill more than just straight practice of oh I've played fifty thousand games on each map so I know exactly everything. No, you have to be able to improvise and or get in a lot of practice time. Best if you can do both. Yeah, yeah, and well, and I don't see. And for me, even we played this new. I played this new map maybe three or four times now probably and from my perspective like honestly the map rotations they they change the game a little bit but not a not a ton from my perspective so yeah i don't know like some units are better some units are worse but overall i think we're not going to see too big a change in what what to expect at worlds right and and for me honestly like even going back to our episode that we did you know talking about you know kind of the timing and activations and things like that right like those fundamentals still they still all apply getting objectives is still important removing f- figures before they activate still important like all those things are in play so yeah definitely but yeah right, why well, don't we uh just jump into it here uh for all purposes we are going to be referring probably to the top bottom left and right of the map this is on the standard way that it shows where it's the scum interior top with the cantina tile and the imperial interior bottom with the med bay tile 
and if it's helpful, we'll be discussing it from the perspectives if you're looking at the uh, image file. Yeah, I the, guess there's a there's a common there's a common image of it going around where it has the mission descriptions on it and kind of the mission objective. Or if you look at locations. it on your Ahsoka Tano instruction page as well, it'll have the same orientation. Yep, that too. So if you're wondering when we're talking about the top, bottom, left, right, that is what we refer to. But the map is kind of more or less symmetrical for from its two perspective orientations. So it's probably going to be all right either way. But yeah. No, Let's but I think the really interesting thing about this map is that the doors are locked and two doors open at the end of each round. So you really have to, uh, so there's not going to be much fire exchanged at the end of the first round. So it'll, hearkening uh, back to our last episode about the cadence and rhythm, the early yeah. game will extend into the, uh, into the early round two instead of the end into the late round one like it does on most other maps. Uh, Jake, hold on. I'm going to stop you. Before we get started, do you care if I just go through the uh, the mission descriptions quick? Oh, sure. Just, go for it. Just in case someone hasn't. If you're <laughs> if you're like me, I literally didn't look at this map until this week when someone brought it to our game night, and I was like, oh, good. <laughs> so in case you are also not paying as much attention as me, first of all, I don't think we said the name of the map. It's the You, you said the U-Screw Entertainment District? U-Screw Entertainment the, District. They, they gonna, gave us. I'm not a, saying U-Screw. So, I'm not eh. saying it over and over again. <laughs> I, I mean, you you do you. I'm calling it the U-Screw Entertainment District. They All gave right. Ahsoka the red light district map. <laughs> yep. So it comes in the Ahsoka Tano pack. And as usual, it's got two missions. Uh, the first one is called Priority Message, which is Scenario A. So like you said, doors are locked. And in this mission, um, it's got the... So the text is, a figure can attack a courier droid, which has six health and defense one black die. Um, and when a player's courier droid enters an opponent's deployment zone, that player gains six victory points. Then that courier droid is discarded. Uh, so then what happens is at the end of each round, this is the trigger, each player deploys one courier droid that matches the color of their deployment zone to their deployment zone. Then each player moves each of their courier droids up to six spaces. Then in reverse order of initiative, each player chooses and opens one closed door. So I want to make a couple of comments on this before we go too far, just so it's very clear how this ends up working. So what happens is you're going to start the game. No courier droids are going to be on the map. Then at the end of the first round, you're going to drop a courier droid into your deployment zone. And it's going to... Well, hold on. Let me be really specific. So it must be in the order of initiative. Yeah. Jake? So, Does that sound so right? it's a uh, player with initiative places droid, player without places droid, player with moves droid, player without moves droid, and any other droids that they have as well. And okay, then good. player without takes a door away, player with takes a door away. Yep. Good. Because yesterday there was a little confusion because we got, and I would encourage, especially since it's a world's prep episode, don't be sloppy when you go to the worlds. But at the tournament yesterday, I was sloppy. Another player and I were pretty sloppy where we were kind of, we hit the end of round. We like remove the doors and we drop the droids. And we're literally doing this all simultaneously with each other. And it wasn't, and it wasn't until a little bit later where I, I asked the question to my opponent. I'm like, and I was the one who was getting punished by this question. So I probably shouldn't have asked it, but um, I asked him, I'm like, wait, should the doors have been closed when I was moving my droid? Cause I moved, I opened the center door and moved my droid right out the center. And I was, and he was like, Oh yeah, I think they're supposed to be closed. And I was like, okay, so my droid actually can't be where it is. It has to be, you know, back some, it has to be back some spaces. So yeah. just make sure if you're at worlds, you're playing this mission, make sure you're opening the, you're placing the courier first, your opponent places theirs, you move your droids, they move their droids, then you open the doors. Yeah. That's just good etiquette all around is always know the rules of what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. And that one's, and this is the Especially one where, on the maps. and this is the mission where you and I have been kind of critical of this one because more or less this one ends up being just kind of a death match because yeah, I is, don't know. It's, I mean, actually the last rotation was unusual because there was no, 
real deathmatch scenarios. So I guess welcome mm. back, deathmatch. Yeah, hello. Except you don't yeah. get any extra points for playing the deathmatch. It's just a deathmatch. Yeah, it it's it. I think this this mission's gonna get really old really fast. Right now it's fine. Be, right now it's fine because the map is so kind of fresh and new. But honestly, it's like the courier droids might as well not even be on. This might. Yeah, you, this is this is just a big waste of time. This whole droid thing, in my experience, you don't. I don't do. We didn't do anything with the droids. No one is a. In my experience, no one attacks the droids. They just walk their way, and that's the whole thing. Yeah. No. It's uh. It's. It takes until because of the way the map is laid out. It takes until the end of round three. So round three, end of round is the first time anybody could possibly score objective points. Yeah, and it, so that's also kind of ridiculous that they don't. So think about it this way, right? It would be kind of neat if there was some kind of strategy of being able to score one at the end of round two. If I don't know, I don't know how yeah, it was. If, if you could, if you could get if it there in two moves. Yeah, because they're objectives and not figures, you can't push them with officers or Gideon, and they yeah. don't get moved by your Banthas or your Rancors or whatever other massive units you have. They just sit there, dumb. You yeah, so can attack honest, them where you can't. Whatever. On a, honestly, this mission just feels, uh, I don't know, it's its whatever, just set up to fight because the droids are, again, honestly, I just feel like it's a tax on my time when I'm playing this mission. That's how I felt. Yeah. It's just like, okay, let's manage this dumb droid thing. But all right, uh, Lost and Found is the other mission. This one's a lot more straightforward. Uh, so again, the doors are locked. And at the end of each round, in reverse order of initiation, each player chooses and opens one's door. And then for each stash player controls, they gain two victory points. And the stashes are peppered throughout the more more or less the center of the map so yeah no that you, one's a lot easier that one's a lot easier yeah and uh yeah there's six stashes there's two of them right next to each other in what people are starting to call the rodian lounge because uh you have to have a base movement speed of five to get into there from on round one with all the doors closed so That's people ridiculous. will That's send ridiculous. their hired guns and their uh gritos into there yeah, so I suppose it's worth mentioning, yeah, the stashes, to be a little bit more specific, is so if you're looking at this map, the top and bottom are your deployment zones, and then in the kind of if both sides have one hallway that's not blocked off by a door that they can go down. Yeah, and each of those hallways have two objectives, and there's one in the middle. Yep, and well, there's two two stashes in the middle for yeah two stashes, but so the trick, the interesting thing is, as I was told this yesterday, I didn't realize it before the match, but... Uh, if you start in the bottom deployment zone, it is 10 spaces. Yes. If I, yep. So if you start in the bottom deployment zone, the red deployment zone, it's 10 spaces and you can get to those center two objectives, which is important, right? Because those doors essentially can, uh, you, you probably, you're probably safe at the end of round one. There's a good chance you're safe through all of round one. So you can move there very early and take them. But if you're in the blue deployment zone, I think it's 12, you said. Or someone said it's 12. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, It is 12, nine, yes. 10, 11, yep, 12, 12 spaces to get there. So it's actually kind of a little, um, it, it sounds like a little minimal, a really minimal difference, but so think it about really this. It really isn't you because on a five-speed unit, it, you have to waste an officer or a Gideon bump to get uh, anybody into the Rodian lounge. Well, right, and if you're Imperials. Um, Good luck getting I, a five-speed unit. Yeah, if you're Imperials and you only have one officer, you're probably not getting there at all if you're in that top spot. So, right, so, so. that's an that's an interesting um interesting little twist on that. But I, I kind of I I wish they were equal. I think that would make more sense. They should probably be even equidistant from it. But yeah, I'm not quite sure what uh, what FFG was thinking when they pulled this map. But I guess none of the other Heart of the Empire maps were much better either. So yeah, and I I mean not yeah not that I have a good memory of what all the maps are but 
Yeah, or good but uh, but yeah, there there wasn't much to choose from from a competitive standpoint in Heart of the Empire. So, yeah, but I suppose no matter how much we complain, the the map's going to be here for at least nine months, maybe, and it will be here for a year if they decide to skip another, uh, if they decide to skip another map rotation like they did last year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, right. we'll see, we'll see. But so now we just have to uh, live with it and learn it with because uh, there's not much we can do to change it. Right. Well, and I don't want to complain about it because I do, I do have, I do sort of like it. And I think it'd be just at a high level for you and I to kind of talk about what we've been trying on this map because it's still pretty early for me. So like we said, there's two. So coming from the top, you can come from the top deployment zone and you can go to the left side of the map and that's not locked off. So you can kind of get a firing down into the, into the booth, the diner booth. Yep, and then if you're coming from the bottom, you can go from the bottom up to the right corridor, right side corridor. To the to get, fountain. Yep, to the fountain, and that's how that's basically the two free paths. So what I've been trying to do, Jake, is I've been running a kind of a trooper. We'll talk about this more later, I guess, but I, I, yesterday I was running kind of a trooper swarm, like two elite riot troopers, two elite jets. And um, I've been trying just to kind of set up on that middle door to give myself maximum access to the center. And that's that was true in both the uh, deathmatch and the. So were you uh, were you opening that middle door then? Yeah, I was opening the middle door. Yeah, because what I've seen a lot of a lot of the time would happen is what happened for both of my games is I started on the bottom deployment zone, and I would uh, deploy my pirates and rangers and support to uh, to the uh, left side by the ter- on the terminal side. I would yep, deploy yep. them to there and then. Uh, well, because both times my opponent was obviously deploying to the booth, so I knew that they would try to open the uh, my terminal door. So I yep. opened the center door so I could get in some flanking shots as well. Yep, yep, and I think that's smart, kind of depending on where you're... Yeah, I, I that's something I like about this map, is that it really forces you to commit to one of these hallways. It's pretty hard to uh, even set up to have access to the center area in a safe spot in your own kind of deployment area, so... Right, and and the thing I like, like I re- like the really interesting tactical question that this map poses is the doors being opened in opposite rounds of initiative, mm. is that you cannot open them during the game, like during the round, like you can on the Jawa map, so you have to really be able to read your opponent's deployment, which isn't that hard most of the time. I've I'm so far four for four on guessing what door my opponent's going to open, just because it's pretty obvious of which one will be most advantageous for them right so then you can uh if you have to open first then you just choose to open the one that's most advantageous for you and if you're opening second you can choose the one that will most uh screw over your opponent and when they try to open the door you can uh, open a door to mess with their plans or to hit them in the flank like i was saying yeah and so another thing that i want to comment on too um was that the center area it so if you look from left to right, kind of that center area, it's a big, long firing, kind of like a firing corridor. There's nothing blocking those two rows of squares there, yeah, two, the, uh, two columns. Two yeah, rows. the Rangers and the Weakways both really like that that they center do. lane. If you can set up on one side, you can pretty easily shoot across the other. So like you can shoot from the fountain to the booth or vice versa. Yep, it's, so that's pretty interesting. But what I did find is that that center area is remarkably so. If you're running like a lot of riot troopers, for say, per se, 
that's an area that's really easy to block basically all the line of sight, all the sight lines. Yeah, you only you need to block try. two sight lines. Yeah, it's super easy. block everything for that sniper duel like I was talking about. Yeah. So all of my games on that, uh, I've played one with a trooper swarm, which I stacked up on the fountain and then just poured into the top deployment zone with my mm. uh, riots and jets, which was a pretty fun match. Uh, turned yeah. out pretty well. Uh, but the other ones I've been testing with Weakways and Rangers, which yep. was, which turned into a bit of a sniper duel because the the Rodian Lounge has a lot of really like it's a lot more open than people will tell you that like a lot of people were saying oh it's such a closed off map but no there's some really great sight lines through the Rodian Lounge as long as you're not getting blocked by riot troopers. Yep, for sure. So yeah, I, honestly, I think honestly, an- once you've once you've shifted your army to the, either the left or right side, it's really easy to get access to almost the entire map for at least a uh, line of sight. Yeah, for sure. And uh, for imperial lists, the jet troopers can basically go wherever the heck they feel like, uh, whereas a lot of people are blocked off. Specifically, the uh, specifically the diner booth is pretty pretty well blocked off like they have the two red lines and then there's a red dot line in the middle and then the entire thing is blue uh difficult terrain yep so massive figures and the jets really like that but the everything else you have to walk around with care on that yeah yeah the map is i don't think i've ever seen like uh just the one time that i forced the fight to be there i've never seen uh the fight otherwise go to the fountain so i feel like that might be a quiet zone but we'll have to play a lot more because i've only gotten the four games on it as well yeah so you know i don't have that much more to say about it but i i'm always happy to see a map rotation i i like this one better i think than the java map and yeah i don't know yeah i agree i'll just drop that one in there and then ditch it (laughs) (laughs) The Java map stinks, suckers. Okay. Oh, come on. Come on. That's a great map. Get out of here. That's fine. All right. Uscrew Entertainment District. Not a bad map. Kind of lacking on one of the missions. That's my review. The end. Yep. Uh, Next topic, Jake. You ready? Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about what we're going to be seeing at Worlds. Uh, There's like they we're coming into Worlds. We haven't had a new release since October last year. So uh, the meta is pretty well defined of what you can like what basics we can expect to see everybody's obviously going to season to taste with, with whatever the heck they feel like but there's uh but there's definitely a couple identifiable cores of units that you can run with uh with each faction right so, yeah so we're just we're just kind of taking a very uh how would i say it's kind of like a high level look at each faction and just kind of saying like uh here's kind of the core stuff you'll see and then we will just discuss some of the flavors the shells that go along with those you know yeah Um, every every, most factions you have uh in most factions you have a choice of cores your creamy nougaty center and then you have your hard (laughs) candy shell of what goes on the outside right right and so you know kind of looking at this i also i just wanted to mention quick too that I think this we're still in probably one of the at least I think the meta is better than it's ever been still. So oh, this I'm, is the best pretty, meta ever going into a worlds. Because even though I've you said you're like, oh, I think it's pretty. I've been to all three worlds so far, and I'm going to the fourth. So and so I can tell you pretty <laughs> conclusively that this is the most open meta ever going into a worlds tournament. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. I just wanted to comment because you said it's pretty well defined, and I just feel it's like every match I go to, I it's like I I just see lots of different. I see rebel scum and imperial, and I you know every time I don't. It's very rare that I go into a match where I'm like, oh, this is a lock because they brought because the units they've got are so bad or because they're so inefficient. It's like, nope, almost every 
everyone's so kind of familiar with what stuff. is good and yeah 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 there's just there's just good stuff for every every faction right now and i'm not saying that i necessarily want to say that any faction is superior in some way but for sure that i know but everything seems really open so let's start let's start with imperials jake what are you gonna see with imperials kane somos my guy he's showing up uh, I wish I brought him to my first worlds and uh, didn't do half bad, but I just uh, he's my boy and he's never <laughs> he's never gonna be good. I'm so sad. So but, every imperialist, uh, you're saying start ten points, Kane. Yeah, and then no, flavor to taste. points, Kane like. plus advanced combat or advanced comp oh. system, obviously. All right, all right. But if we <laughs> want to talk about good imperials, why don't you tell us what we're gonna expect from the fascist imperials, Mister Eric, Mister Imperial player that I I've been playing imperials for since i started um it's looking according to our list jake it's looking like jet troopers are going to be uh very popular yeah i i don't think you'll see a serious list without jet troopers yeah and i found the possibility that... to see something something out there but i don't think you're gonna see much without jet troopers yeah I, and i found that observation kind of i think it's true i've in my experience just over the past few months i've kind of seen this rotation among imperial players where um, right. A lot of times they'll choose like kind of a big center unit to kind of have. So like a Vader or a Palpatine or, you know, if you're really cheaping out, like I do sometimes like a, like a Captain Tarot or an ATDP, right? I guess that's mm-hmm. what something I did too. Um, but then, you know, that those two sets of jet troopers are always just, they're an omnipresent factor of Imperial list. So, right. They're just so good on attack defense and they can hold and they can get to objectives with their mobile. It's just really solid unit. Yeah, yeah, very, very solid. Um, so I guess it'd be kind of interesting to talk about. So if you're gonna, if you're seeing jets, what do you have any thoughts on like how do you how do you deal with jet troopers? Um, I, shoot them <laughs> a can, bunch. Uh, yeah, shoot, shoot honestly, them, a lot them. of the times the best choice uh, is to kill the jets first because those are the actual workhorses. Yep. So like a lot of people will pair jets with Vader. Uh, you still want to attack the jets most of the time because for the resources you would expend killing Vader. By the time you're done with that, then you have not much left to deal with the jets who are still going to be rushing around, taking objectives, and shooting your guys. Yeah, a lot of times that ends up kind of being their strength is that they can perform an attack and get back and hold an objective quite easily. So, right, yeah, it's, it's definitely, and they're worth quite a bit of five, five or four points is nothing to scoff at. So, right, yeah. So, yeah, you want to keep your eye on the jets. Uh, but yeah, like I said, like I hinted at earlier, jets and Vader are going to be a pretty common thing that i see that i think you'll see which uh most a lot of vader lists run the unshakable combo which allows vader to take uh parting blow and to the limit yeah, so that yep. you can do those things get stu- uh, get a free attack with parting blow which states a brawler uh use when a figure uh exits a space adjacent to you you can perform an attack against them then you become stunned yep or to the limit zero point card use after you resolve a special action to perform an additional action then become stunned uh, mm. Using either of those, Vader can get in free attacks, free chokes, and then uh, on the next activation that you do, you just run unshakable, deal one strain to Vader, and either mill the card or take the damage, and yeah, then you get rid of that good. stun right away, which is a pretty powerful combo to get extra attacks out of him. Yeah, and getting those extra attacks is absolutely incredible. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, or uh, we have down here as the other thing is two jets and other which that other could be uh, sentry droids. So the two sentries, two jets. I've seen two sentries, uh, or one sentry, two jets, and two sets mm. of regular riots. 
you can, uh, there's uh, ATDPs, your list from Re Minnesota Regionals. There's yeah, just so yeah. much uh, interesting things that you can do with the Jet Core that you'll, but you'll definitely see a lot of variations of Elite Riots, Regular Riots, Sentries, and Palpatine. Yep, yep, I, I would completely agree. God, any combination of those four units can be a viable list. And it's, yeah, it's fine. And it's really interesting. That's really fun dynamic going on in Imperial right now. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was literally just going to say the same thing. How incredible is that in the Imperial faction right now? It's just like uh, you can kind of just bring two jet troopers and then almost it's like just a grab bag of, hey, it's all good. It's all kind of good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And normally, no, you know, and obviously you're going to try and I, I guess I would recommend like at least a <laughs> at least an officer in Zillow in, a, in addition to whatever else you're bringing. So, yeah, I w well, obviously yeah, you're going to see some, you're definitely going to see at least one officer in pretty much every list. They're just such a good filler unit. They can go sit on a terminal or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Eric, I had a question for you though. Do you think that the, uh, that the riot trooper swarm uh, will kind of die down with the map rotation because there's less that, especially with the courier droid, but even a little bit with lost and found with the, uh, it can be difficult to get up your riot trooper up into the, uh, Rodian lounger up to the side objectives. Do you think that uh, that the uh, Imperial trooper swarm suffers at all, or do you think that you'll find a way through? Um, you think for me personally, or for anyone in for general? For anyone, but you personally, because you also like to play the trooper mm -hmm. swarm. I mean, what I like about the new map with the trooper swarm, and this is particularly if you're running riot troopers, where you know it's you're taking advantage of a lot of their ability to block lines of sight and try and eat i guess the damage from focuses and big attacks like that right is uh the nice part about the use entertainment district is it's really easy to build a block sort of around your jet troopers so right a lot of times what i'll do is you almost start you almost create that like phalanx wedge you know down the yeah. center that's why i, I line up on love some good old-fashioned uh formations of antiquity Get them yeah, set up with right. their shield wall. Yep, you line up on the center, and honestly, it's just the the riots move forward. The jets kind of come in after the fact and hang back, but and the riots are always just constantly gunking up all the lines of sight and everything. So I don't think it's really a bad map for them because uh, again, honestly, once you're in the center, the thing about the riot troopers is sometimes you have to be okay. I think um, double moving them in round two just to get kind of put the pressure on your opponent by like sitting them right next to a like a ranger or a weak way or something right like just being just being adjacent to them at the end of a round right. and yeah, kind have, of threatening them you're, you're they're just sitting there staring at them menacingly with their shock sticks in their hand just yeah. like a big old billy club yep and honest, honestly my what i honestly the thesis of my list coming up here with the trooper swarm and the elite at least for elite riots is that the riots i think can deal as much damage as jet troopers more often than not and that means that I think a lot of people might be undervaluing how much, like how much of an offensive threat they really are. Right. Yeah. And we can definitely talk some more about that specific stuff uh, later, but what for now, why don't we move on to the, uh, for to those darn terrorist rebel scum? What do you think we're going to see there? Uh, I, I actually think rebels are in the worst spot of the three. And I don't mean the worst spot in terms of, um, of strength. I just mean the worst spot in terms of creativity, kind of the freedom to do what you want. I think rebels are really, without a better way to say it, like boxed in to a, and this is this is just from what I see people playing, is some combo of Han Rangers, Luke Rangers is what it feels like everyone wants to play. Or or the final, I guess the final version of that is Ranger, two sets of elite Rangers, Rangers which yeah. I think, and honestly it's so hard to get out of 
Because after that, right, that's tw- that's half your, over half your points for two activations. You got 3PO and Gideon. You're almost at 30. And then it's always just some combination of, like, I don't know. Hera, like an, Jin, uh, Hera Ahsoka, or, yeah, whoever it's going to be. But the, the variations are only, like, really in that last 10 points. And usually they're the, – the, difference, the differences are – I guess I would not say radically meaningful. So Right. I, I think the two cores of Rebels is whether or not you take Rangers, because there's been some good results shown of the of like taking Dracata and Han or Chewie yep. and Han or yep. just some uh some big Titan or uh big Titan or mid range units. Yeah, the- I, I think that's entirely possible, but again it's it's for me it's really just a matter of you're taking two big ticket activations and then the rest is like all predetermined in some yeah, ways. Yeah, rebels are, have morphed into the glass cannon faction, which I think is really interesting. I, I I think that we'll see some good results out of it, but it's can be really you live or die by the dice in the end in rebels. Yeah, that said, like Han, Han is, I think because I know there's been some talk. I've as someone who's listened to other podcasts, Jake, I know Han How has could gotten, you? Han has gotten some criticism, man. Every, but let me just say, every time I play against him, that guy like just he just rolls like eight damage every attack or like seven damage or something. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't when matter he's what focused, happens. it's just. Ooh, all right, I'm just, you, he's aiming your de- his Death Star laser at somebody. Yeah, yeah, and it, which is pretty scary. Also, I think Han got a little bump on the new map because those doors. Yeah, he shoots after right, they open, so you post yeah. him up by a door and open that door and shoot someone. Yeah, I totally screwed up because you can, um, from either, well, not from either, but my opponent, one of my opponents double moved him adjacent to one of my doors, one of the doors on my side. And that door opened and ended around and he just end around attacked me with a uh, tools for the job and boom, Jet Trooper dead. Oh, yeah, that's rough. Oh, my goodness. You know, live live and learn. That's what yeah. I say. But yeah, I, um, I also think that we probably won't be seeing as much of Luke as we did last year. But the people who do bring him, if they have the practice in with him, he can. He's still a massive force in the in the meta. So just keep an eye out for him as well. Uh, yeah, do not do not underestimate Son of Skywalker. <laughs> it's a good card. <laughs> it's a painful card. Uh, but yeah, I think I think Rebels are probably just as they could win they could win worlds as likely as any of these other factions but yeah i I just don't like them as much right now just due to the honestly it's probably rangers are the problem in my perspective they're just a very expensive unit that eats up so much of your list it's hard to right if you if you can knock out one ranger then then they lose you know a third obviously and they it's just not as good for the point like and then you have one activation on one 12 point activation on eight points worth of stuff if you can try to merc a ranger after he's only gotten one or maybe after he's only gotten one or zero attacks who let me tell you to the uh, riot troopers if after once the rangers have used their focus if you can get a riot trooper to one of them and weaken them for their non-focused attacks man they are they, they stink oh, that's right <laughs> they suck after that so <laughs> but yeah uh, yeah I think I think that's about all we need to say about rebels. Uh, uh, there are other there are other podcasts with much bigger rebel boosters. I'm sure they'll tell you about how they're awesome <laughs> after our uh, after our pretty good pretty good amount of rebel bashing because because uh, your heart is imperial. You love order. You love uh, I don't know government. Big long <laughs> live big government right. says Eric. But that's me, right. I'm all about them criminal scum. The the scum scum. The mercenaries. Yeah. So. Uh- I have an interesting anecdote a little bit. I remember when Heart of the Empire came out, one of our local players said that it wouldn't affect the meta at all. Seriously? Because because the hunters hunters were so good. Um, and 
Well, I, I'm just using this as kind of a lead off to honestly, I think that Scum is still really good. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's gotten definitely... I think it's gotten shortchanged a little bit, honestly. But I no, people, good, uh, really I, I think we're gonna see a bit of a resurgence of Scum because I, I feel like it wasn't as represented in re- it, it would have been more represented in regionals if people weren't frankly sick of it. It ran the uh, Scum Hunters ran the game for a solid year. So uh, yeah, there there was a lot of a lot of hunters. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's a that some people have been keeping the dream alive, and I think that we're gonna see a fair amount of it at at Worlds. So, uh, like like Imperial has the the core of two jet troopers. Uh, most scum lists run with a core of two weakway pirates, or, or especially the hunter lists. Uh, yeah. So two weakway pirates, rebel care package, and fill to taste. Yeah, so a lot the, of these, the double double weakways is incredibly strong. Yeah, so you'll see it, and the thing with the weakways is that it's really strong against the 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 Han box or the, like Han and uh, Rebel White Die figures, just because they can force that reroll. Yeah, but punish, it's not as strong against the Imperials, uh, as I would think. Like you can definitely yep. get some good damage in, but the Imperials just have higher efficiency. You have higher burst damage, so I, I feel like the efficiency wins out unless you get either really lucky or really outposition people. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say because the I think the thing that pushes the it'll depend on the map, I suppose. But honestly, the the swinging point I think for most Imperial efficiency versus scum. I guess like offense is probably going to be the objective. Those stash in any mission that has stashes, the scum is always just they're going to be playing from behind, and that's the hard part to catch up. On the death match, it might be fine, honestly. Oh yeah, on the death match, uh, yeah, I yeah, but yeah, then then uh, with your scum hunter, you have your weak way core, and then uh, you'll see. I think you'll probably see a most scum hunter lists will finish it out with IG eighty eight because just because that droid is so good getting the Ins, two yeah. big attacks. Insane, uh, yesterday yeah. during the tournament, I lost four uh, close to full health activations or full health figures in uh, in one in one blaze of glory. Then he got the initiative and just that just wiped my list basically in two activations. The the, the droid is going to continue to be an awesome force to be reckoned with, but I feel like you might also see some lists where you'll see like Onar, Shyla, or Onar and Shyla, or like bring in some other things from rebels like uh maybe luke maybe uh well not han because he needs his upgrade but Mm. but you'll definitely see some interesting combos maybe some hired guns uh onar shyla just some combination of those units uh so it won't have as much burst damage as ig88 but you'll definitely have a lot more sustain yeah and and thinking in my experience in the past few weeks in playing i think ig88 is I think you'll see a lot of IG-88, honestly, because if, in my experience, the sentries, so if Imperial brings sentries, I found IG-88 to be a menace to them because it's so easy for him to go in and, like, just remove a sentry droid in a single attack, and that that's, that sets you back so far. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. even, or if he pulls off the late, late in round blaze of glory, and then into the next round, get all the attacks, you can lose, like, all your sentry droids before yeah, no. they get to activate IG-88 the next round. IG-88 is rough, and, and j- yeah, so... You'll definitely see him, and then I think the other thing that you'll see out of Scum are the uh, imper- are the Sentry Droid combos, where they use the Elite Jawas to bring in one or two sets of Sentry Droids, and then I've seen a lot will finish it out with IG-88, or you'll see people mm. finish it out with uh, to pair them with like the Rebel Care Package to get those focuses, which can be pretty strong, or 
mm-hmm. or all any or all of the above. So just keep an eye out for scum sentries. Yeah, very, very threatening. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? You know, I wanted to mention too for scum is that we've <laughs> I've been theory crafting this, but I'm not that good at playing it. But we have a local player, I think, who he's been trying out a Bantha. And I think there's an interesting argument for uh, Bantha Riders uh, right now going into the meta we are if we're going into heavy, uh, uh, what am I trying to say here? Uh, Rangers, uh, Trooper Swarm, uh, Sentries, Weakways. If you expect a lot of lists that are going to have, you know, reasonably low health figures, right? It's a, yeah, it's the, a big, you can kind of lose a lot of stuff fat quickly. Yeah, the Bantha's always had an issue with big uh, Titan figures like your Lukes or your Vaders or your Hans, but... In yeah. a in a meta where I think we're going to be seeing, like you said, a lot of those like four point figures that run in the six to seven health range, maybe uh, six to eight range with the sentry droids also thrown mm. in there. Right. So you'll uh, I, I I've actually played against uh, Patrick and his Bantha yesterday, but uh, and it did a lot better than I expected on the U Screw Entertainment District because he was able to yeah. post up behind the door and then open that door and just rush in at the beginning of round two. Right. Yeah, and I think the Bantha is kind of good against the. Uh... Century. I mean, you weren't running sentries, but I think it's good against the sentries just because they uh they get so much value out of that pierce two and their surges that they don't like they don't spike their damage the same way that I think weakways are awesome against the bantha because they have plus two damage surge. But ugh. yeah, no, I I completely agree. And the the thing with the bantha is even if it doesn't make its points back directly, you have mm. to spend so much uh, resources killing the bantha because even if you're just doing even with no defense dice, you're able to just pump in the attacks on the on the poor Bantha, and uh, and it takes probably four to five shots to kill, which are four to five shots not going to whoever the <laughs> Bantha's buddies are. Yeah, an IG-88 or whatever, yeah. So, yeah, definitely, definitely something that you'll want to keep an eye out for. I don't think we'll see much, but if you do run up against it, then uh, then watch out. Yeah, for sure. Keep, keep your eyes open for that. Uh, so that's kind of our meta rundown. Again, when we started it, we I think it was kind of just true for the whole discussion. It's it's really it's kind of cracked wide open right now. And I'm sure like I'm sure like after this happens after every big tournament, but right, whatever list wins, everyone's going to like make a big stink about how broken and much better it was and everything else, but I mean, but that's just I re- uh, honestly that's just don't playing board games in general. It's true, but I I'm just saying as a pre like before we even get that to that point, I'm just saying I I don't actually think that's re- reality. Yeah, there's nothing any, that's broken. I think any of these lists could like do pretty well and probably possibly win depending on who's using it, so. Yeah. Uh some eagle-eared listeners will probably notice that we didn't mention Ugnots. I don't think I don't think the new map rotation was good to it, so I think that will scare away oh. a lot of people from it. Oh, yeah, that deathmatch mission, is that that must be bad for them, right? Um, yeah, really like just, just because of the factoring that like a lot of the Ugnots rely on having that first round getting into the deployment zone and causing havoc. Oh, it's so, really far. <laughs> yeah, which is uh which is so it's ten plus twelve spaces, so twenty two spaces to get across. That's uh that's quite a bit of space. Yeah, that's that's rough. Okay. Well, sorry, sorry, Ugnots. Oh no, poor Ugnots, whatever will we do? <laughs> Uh, Jake, our next topic is what are we, what have we been playing? So we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I thought this would just be a fun thing for us to talk about since, you know, so if you see us at World Zeal, not that, I actually don't know if people know what we look like, frankly. I'm sure uh, some people I, do. My name tag <laughs> has Jake Peterson from Twin Troopers on it. So, uh, if anybody oh. recognizes that, oh. feel free to come say hello. Nice. Nice. Mine will, I think, just say Eric Dietz on it. That's all it's going to say. <laughs> 
Well, uh, keep an eye out for Eric and uh, bother him and tell him how much you love Twin Troopers because I'm sure he'll love the attention. Oh, my God. Is that, that's a joke, right? Yes. Oh, okay, yeah, God, I... I actually do like people. I like people coming up and saying hello. But yeah, I'm, I if you try and like compliment me on it, I'll be like, it's so bad. <laughs> it stinks. But just <laughs> know that so deep in his heart, his heart will be warmed and and it's true. It'll be appreciated. It's true, and I'll hopefully I lose to some people at Worlds. I, I mean, <laughs> the the intention is to not lose, but as, as long as we're losing to cool people, then that's right. Then I guess it'll it'll be all good in the end. But all yeah. Right, at the, at the beginning, we kind of had swapped up. We were kind of swapping out our role, our typical roles of I was talking about a running an Imperial Trooper Swarm and Eric was wondering which, uh, what kind of hunters or scum list would be fun to run. So yeah, just thought I've that was a been... fun note of how we began our journey towards our world's lists. Right. I've been through the gambit these past few months where for a while I was really committed. I was going to try and make the Rancor work. At, this was after regionals, right? I guess I right. should say a couple of months. It hasn't been that long. Uh, but after that, I was like, ah, I really want to try and make the Rancor work because I was kind of exploring Pummel and Brawler cards. And I was like, you know what? These All these cards are really... Because I've been playing Troopers for so long. And I had naturally been... If, um, what about, I had naturally been familiar with the Hunter cards. So I was like, ah, what is there something people are missing about you know a, this creature-brawler combo we got going here? And the answer is... I think it's still a maybe, but the just given the prevalence of sentries and um, do sentries uh, really rangers, hit the rancor that hard? Uh, I I think so. It's, it can go fast. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that was that a joke or no? You... It wasn't a joke. I, I'm oh, genuinely okay. curious of why you decided to drop the rancor because like, um, on paper I think... it looks cool, but it also yeah. isn't seen very often. So there must yeah. be something there. I think massive massive figures in general, so this was with my other list and with the Rancor, but massive figures in general have a little bit of a problem when it comes to the Rangers and Sentries and probably Weakways, right? Is that it's, especially on the new maps, it's very hard, difficult to hide them in round one unless you kind of leave all the doors shut and things like that. But so they can, they can take a lot of damage, and I just had a few too many games where... Um, if I tried to be aggressive with the Rancor, like get him in position for a... Like let's say I was on the Jawa map, and then in round one, let's say I moved it up uh, towards my opponent, and I kind of I would try and set up for a beast tamer pummel next turn. There, I just had a few too many games where like a set of like a set of three rangers would kill it in a single activation, like from zero to fifteen health with some combination of heightened reflexes and assassinate and those types of things. So that's kind of what that's kind of what happened to him. Poor guy. Yeah, poor dude. Uh, I uh, when we were talking about that, I'd actually asked for a clarification that uh, if the rancor when it lands on top of somebody and displaces them, uh, I did get the clarification that you can use parting blow on that movement. So oh, that's kind of cool. If anybody wants to try an unshakable combo with rancor or bantha, that uh, feel free. <laughs> we're just gonna give that one to you because I really want to see how it does. Yeah, now's the time. But so yeah, then I then I kind of switched into like oh well, so I was doing that with a bunch of brawlers, and then I kind of switched to oh maybe you got to pair it with some hunters. And I just couldn't really get it to work. Um, so then I tried sentries for a little bit, and I just kind of found out that honestly, all these these are more I guess what I'm going to call like kind of like hard hitting, but a little bit more valuable figures. I just, I just don't think I'm very good at playing that style because I just I lose I lose them. I don't know how to play them correctly. Yeah, you have honestly. to you have to get like especially with the sentries, you have to be able to judge when the time is right to make your charge shot sniper attacks and when the time is right to move in and start multi-firing because uh honestly their damage it multi-fires where the real is damage is that you have to be able to move in and 
know right when to move in and you can if you can get both multifiers off it's pretty easy to wipe two or maybe even possibly three units off the board in one activation yeah Yeah, and i think that's the real observation is making sure that you're going to get that removal right and not um you don't want to multi-fire twice and then not remove anything that's going to be a very painful experience i think oh yeah because then you're up in up in the grill and you're gonna you're gonna (laughs) get hurt you're gonna get real hurt yeah. So, but where I kind of ended up going back to, so I, I started thinking about maybe I should just go back to my regionals list, but I did, but after my experience with the Rancor, I kind of figured that I would have the same problem with the ATDP. And I also knew the ATDP in straight up fighting matches where you had to fight, the ATDP was a little, a little weak, right? So it was, it's vulnerable and it's offensively, it just kind of has a hard time. And it's mostly because of the movement and positioning gets kind of a, has kind of a hard experience in that case. Uh, so I kind of went back to, I guess, a list that that we mentioned earlier, but kind of going back to this core set of, I was going to do two elite jet troopers. And since I've always liked the riot troopers, and I think they've kind of been undervalued, I decided I'm going to go two elite riot troopers. And that was mainly to take advantage of what I think is a very strong combo in that the riot troopers and reinforcements. Because I, really oh, yeah. like I really like the reinforcements card. And this is mainly by, this is mainly a theory I kind of had about uh, the riots. And this, I said this already earlier, but I'll repeat it for this section. Is um, the notion that I think riot troopers might actually be as good as jet troopers offensively. Uh, right. Based uh, on base. Yeah, we might need to like run some numbers on that. Maybe post a post a note in the show notes. But yeah, I've, this I've, this is. Let me just say it this way though. This is this. Is, I'll just say this is off of my experience that riot troopers pretty dependably get probably like three or four damage in my experience with a high roll of six sometimes. And that can be <laughs> like five or six. They are like, and they there is that's that's insane, especially when comboed on with a three the, point um, unit. Yeah, three point unit that is comboed also with a strain and a weaken also. So they kind of fill a lot of roles. Like first of all, they're they're j- basically the game. All my matches just start out like I described. They're they're essentially just a big block around the jet troopers, right? Their whole point is to take shots. And even in round one, I'm kind of happy. I actually had a game yesterday where I was I was really disappointed because an opponent attacked a riot trooper, and I wanted them to kill Hello? it because I was holding a reinforcement. So I'm like, okay, good. This he's gonna kill a riot. I'm just Eric, immediately gonna reinforce you. it at the beginning of next round. Oh, did I did I disconnect a little bit for you? Uh, just a little bit. Uh, it'll be on your recording, so we can just chop all this part out. Oh or yeah, at least chop out my audio, and you can just keep using yours. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. It's fine. Um, so what I was saying is that um, I, I actually had some games where I was disappointed that my opponent couldn't kill a riot trooper in round one because I wanted to reinforce it immediately. <laughs> Please <laughs> kill my stuff. But uh, yeah, but... yeah. Well, it's because you you know I want to hit that trigger for the reinforcement and getting a full health guy again is so. Oh, feels so good. It oh. does feel really good, but you're also like plopping down three more points for your opponent to grab, so it can be. I, I don't know that that I guess uh, it worked out well for you. Did better in our practice tournament yesterday, so I guess I can't really question you too hard. Yeah, I'd been on a pretty big losing streak for a long time, so yesterday felt good when I finally won one again, and then I won two and three. So I won three games yesterday with it out of four. Um, but then, so the last piece of it, so it's we're doing double jets, double elite riots, which is really fun and. The the last piece is I kind of had fun figuring this out because you've got another twelve points to fool around with, and I say twelve when I really mean is uh, nine because of Officer Zillow. So I got another nine points to fool around with, and I was all over the place on this nine, and I eventually just settled on Palpatine and Rule by Fear, and I was a little bit hesitant to do this because um, 
I didn't really think that Palpatine, the free attack, was that good with the Jets or the Riots in particular. I, it's like I wanted to take advantage of it with a big hitting unit, like a Vader or a Sentry Droid or something. I mean, but honestly, free attacks he's are so, free attacks, you know? That's right. And uh, and honestly, he's like so valuable from the Force Lightning. And he, and the best part is, is that, so in contrast to the ATDP, right, he gets the same protection that the uh, Jets provide to the Riots. Or the, sorry, the other way. The riots ride to the Jets. He's protected in the same amount, essentially. So it's it's really hard for my opponent to get to him, to kill him. And, uh, you know, like we kind of talked about last week, or not last week, but in our episode about timing, about sometimes, you know, if I'm bringing a 13 health, a full health Palpatine into round three, it's really hard for an opponent to deal with it. Yeah, And then you're sure. just getting kind of more value out of the few units you have left. Yeah, so. and then that tempt and the force lightning, you can finish off units like so you might run into the problem of people using their zillow or just not rolling well enough and you end with people sitting on one two or three health and you can use force lightning and tempt to really just finish people off and not have to waste another activation of riots or jets on them yeah that is definitely a uh, a huge strength of him as well because since we are dealing with jets and riots the uh the damage increments aren't really in the seven eight nines they're in the four five you know three four five probably is the increments right uh that that is incredibly like you said it's so powerful for a palpatine to roll in with a lightning right an easy three damage like really very simple to get rid of someone who already took a riot hit or someone who took a jet hit same thing with the tempt if they live with one health left feels so good to knock them off the board with that tempt. Yeah, you could also use that to set up a weakened han for your uh for your riots to come in and start beating on as well if you really wanted to but yeah but i also know that you you're general strategy is to not kill han so uh, yeah i didn't i lost the i played against the han yesterday and i lost but <laughs> that's kind of a more complicated story <laughs> yeah but yeah so i've been calling this list royal parade i had a there's a moment yesterday in the in a game where someone one of my my opponents asked so oh, are those regular rides i'm like it's emperor palpatine dang it he would bring regular rides with him what's wrong with you <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's the list I'm gonna run. That's I don't know if it's honestly the best list. I killed a Vader with this list, so wow, nice. Uh, yeah, you should just I mean imagine the riot troopers like a ant colony crawling all <laughs> over him. Basically, that's what I kind of pictured it as. <laughs> yeah, taking down the the big old what squirrel I guess or something yeah, like guess. that <laughs> yeah, would be know. in that scale. But yeah, so that's what I've been playing. I I think it's fun. It it enables you to grab objectives. It if you if you're gonna fight like on the deathmatch mission, it is literally just like every everybody get in here, like go for it. Yeah, like I'm just if all if hands a riot, on deck, shoot, 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 yep. shoot, shoot. And it's it's kind of like uh, it took a little while for me to formulate this plan, but right, it's another one where if someone positioned where their guys are more than four, if they're if they're too far away for a, a riot trooper to attack, I just double move the riot right in, like shove them right down their throats and make them deal with them. So yeah, now that's that's some fun stuff. Uh, but so. Maybe we can talk a little bit about what I've been up to. Yeah, tell me. Tell me what's going on. I have, uh, like I said, we just kind of started with the opposite of our uh, of our normal types, quote unquote, at yep. the beginning of this process. So I was starting out with what I called Undercity Patrol because I just looked at the units in this list. And I could see that of like just a group of people moving down a Coruscant walkway. But it's yeah. uh, it's a, cent- a set of sentry droids, two jet, tr- two set of elite jet troopers, two set of regular riots, and two officers. I think I get two officers in there. Yeah, it's seven yeah, activations yeah. to get two officers in there, and uh, and then also Zillow, obviously. So that that list was a lot of, and I also got Ruaf here in there. So yeah, that list is a it was a lot of fun, but uh, and mm. I have had some really good tests with it, but I just it it just wasn't clicking with me, you know. So I. Move, start to move along and uh 
and moved into uh, back into my comfort zone, which is Weekway Pirates. Always, always about them pirates. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking forward to having Hondo there to have the pirate leader, but <laughs> but I've been on uh, I've been on honestly a bit of a losing streak with all of the brews I've come up with. So at regionals in Omaha, Nebraska, I ran Pirates and IG88 and took top four against a really, really, really tough field. Uh, there's there was a lot of good players from Kansas and uh, a couple Arkansans is what they call themselves, I guess. Uh, down there yep. they they had a really really rough field but i was still able to talk tape top take top four with weekway pirates and ig88 so but uh moving up into worlds i t- did a few tests with weekway pirates and sentry droids uh mm-hmm. and then also with greedo smuggler rebel care package elite jala and that was uh that was pretty fun the the droids added a lot of sustain a lot more than you would have expected so like after the hunters use all their focuses, use all their command cards. You kind of can, sometimes you can just end up with nothing better to do than to, with nothing better to do than to just try to make your two dice attacks with weak ways, which can be underwhelming if you didn't uh, wipe your opponent in the first volley, but the Sentry Droids added a lot of sustain to that. Mm, Uh, However, I did a few tests on Vassal and just didn't, it just wasn't, uh, wasn't working out as well as I'd hoped. I had a bit of a, I had, well, I had a lot of a losing streak with that list. So I switched into. I decided to do one more last ditch effort before I go into IG Pirates, which is which was to try to run it with uh, two weekway pirates, a set of Alliance Rangers, Rebel Care Package, uh, Jawa. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, but which sounds really cool on paper, and like uh, just the amount of sheer damage at range that you can put out just sounded really cool. But uh, but it didn't work out as well. Uh, a lot of people were telling me, oh, it needs more focus than you can give it and it turned out that they were right and i was unable to make it work so i had a i did actually pretty poorly in the world's prep tournament yesterday so i'm just gonna go ahead and move back into my ig pirates and uh i have a lot of experience left over from regionals i'm gonna try to get in at least one game a day during the last week and a half leading up to worlds yeah, that's. I mean, that's such a strong list, honestly. It really IG, is. Like, uh, IG and Lee Quays is scary. Yeah, the the sustain that I wanted out of the, uh, out of the sentry droids and the burst damage that I wanted out of the rangers can both be provided by IG eighty eight. So, yeah, with the with the ability to uh, also utilize rule or not rule by fear. What am I trying Blaze to say glory. here? Blaze of glory. Thank you. It's like why am I saying rule by fear? Yeah. I mean, IG88 is an insane figure. I think on the new map, he's also good because you could even pull off a quick grab of those center objectives as well with him. Yeah, he, he, he can, can easily move he can that move far. his twelve spaces, or he can move seven and blast somebody off of those center objectives. Exactly. Yeah. So he's double. He has double utility in that sense. Um, is what is the rest of that list then? IG88, two sets of weak ways, and what two else? Two sets of weak there? ways, and the version I'm going to be testing. Uh, the version I ran to regionals used an elite Jawa. Gideon, 3PO, and Greedo, mm. and also Black Market and Temporary yeah. Alliance. But what I'm considering doing is, since I don't need the, uh, since I can use the second Temporary Alliance slot, I don't need the Elite Jawa. So I was thinking to drop down to a regular Jawa and have both Black Market and Devious Scheme. Because when I was playing yesterday, I was using Devious Scheme, but mm. I really missed having those cards. And whenever I play with Black Market, I get screwed over on the initiative and either end up with uh without initiative on turn two or end up in the in a bad deployment zone right so man so yeah 
devious scheme can really help with both of those and also the black market to get me those command cards because a lot of the times yesterday I would end up with only like th only three or four cards in my hand at the beginning of round two which is just not enough to work with yeah that's that's hard and honestly black market's so good that yeah and then <laughs> also in the late game you can use it to sell cards to get those last few points you need or to yeah uh, yeah it's just a really use really useful card yeah I, I think you'll be fine with that list honestly so yeah, I'm shooting for dice, which is a five and two record. So I'm hoping, hoping for dice. If I can make top sixteen three times in a row, not going to complain. Yeah, that's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if you did. Honestly, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. See how it goes. Again, like I haven't been practicing that much, so just yeah. have mostly, like mostly I said, I'm going to try to average out to one a day. So get a few. Uh, so I have some some RPG sessions going on this week, but I can definitely get some extra games in then next weekend i'll just be on vassal or hanging out at the store with the other people who play in fargo mm, yeah smart um jake last topic world's etiquette and just kind of tournament etiquette in general yeah makes sense this is a good yeah, one definitely um, I, so this is actually the i would say this is probably the topic that i have the most passion for out of everything we've done because i am i do sort of pride myself on being an opponent who is generally fun to play with yeah, I like to think that people have fun, but sometimes I can get really... I, I can be an offender sometimes, so I, it's just really good to be able to look at yourself and stop and think, oh, yeah, if I if my opponent was doing what, I was, what I'm doing right now, would, would I be entertained? And the answer is no, then just stop doing that, but... Right. There's well, and and I recognize that it is um it's easy to get sometimes overwhelmed with if you if things aren't going your way, if you feel like you're having bad luck or if you made a sometimes you just make a mistake, right? And often that's often that's like what'll trigger me off more than anything, right? Is that it's like, "Oh, why 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 would I do that? Yeah. Why would I do? Why would I make that mistake?" Like Yeah, one of my games yesterday is I like realized, "Oh, crap, I just made a misplay that's going to cost me the game." And it did end up costing me the game, and it just kind of ruined my enjoyment of the last 20 minutes of that game so like just but yeah just uh, sometimes you have to accept the fact that you you screwed up or just don't be that that's one of the things on here is don't be a salt lord don't don't get salty don't be like really because uh, honestly it's just not fun to play against somebody being salty and it's just not fun to be salty in the first place so just right. uh, worlds is like one of it's not only really super competitive high level imperial salt but it's going to be for it's the most fun you'll have playing games all year probably it's like there's so many cool people there's so many other events going on i know we're gonna try to get some like get some like lunch and dinner groups together and have mm. people mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. all go hang out drink some beer or whatever it is that you like to drink right right well yeah and i like to call this um and I just want to make sure I point out too that it's a it's there's two sides of this coin. It's it's kind of like so I wrote an article a while back. I just I might as well bring it up because we'll we'll link it in the post. But um, I kind of like had one of my rules for tournaments is that you should win and lose with grace. And that's it's really about you know don't sure don't be a don't um be a sore loser. But also like if you're winning, you know there there are certain ways certain things you can do I guess to, you know obviously you don't want to rub it into your opponent's face that you're winning. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think everyone knows for the most part how they're acting and if they're acting in a way that <laughs> is appropriate. Right. Right. And it's, I wish I had more examples and maybe if you read my article, you'll get more out of there. Cause I think I spent a little bit more time, but in the, in this moment, I won't spend a lot of time elaborating it, but 
Right. Yeah. yeah like, and you know. the the other things that you should watch out for is to be aware, like uh, know the rules pretty well. If you're going to Worlds, it, it should be ex- like it's explicitly spelled out in the FFG things. And it's just a good idea in any gaming is if you're going to go to a high level tournament, just know what you're know the specific rulings for your list and know the general rules as well. So a lot of the time people will walk through attacks. So it's uh, roll dice. Okay. Attacker rerolls, defender rerolls, attacker mods, defender mods. Then we move to spending surges. And then, or you can, uh, so it's just really good to go through that process for every attack. It adds a little bit of time, yes, but it, then you have no mistakes about, like, if you say, if you skip that, then people can say, oh, I had a mod. Why are you applying damage? What's going on here? So. Sure, yeah. And I, I think it's important to, uh, you know, I like to kind of split this into two ideas because there's A, the rules portion. So, there, there's one piece of advice I'd say is make sure you understand the rules of the game and particularly like, so think about what we just described earlier in this episode with the uh, the droid and door opening activation, right? Before you show up, you should probably know those rules. And if you don't know them, like make sure that you let your opponent know that you're not sure so you can call a judge over or at, you can ask them for clarification, right? Like don't, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, you're doing everyone a favor by knowing how these types of things, or if there's something in your list, um that maybe you're unsure about like if you the more you can plan ahead do that and then i what i was going to say jake is that the other side is um you know this idea of being clear about what you're doing right is sort of uh a little i guess i, I would just say it's like a slightly different idea but does that make sense to you yeah no <laughs> for sure like uh okay like we were specifically talking about before the show the example of the sentry droids where if you move up and you sit, like you should be very specific about which sort of attack you're using, because uh, mm. I, I pointed out that oh, if you're making a, an attack against a single target, then it's soon to be charge shot. But you should definitely still say it of okay, I'm going to make a charge shot against this mm. unit so that your opponent can't come back and say oh, you didn't declare it was a charge shot, so you, you're missing two accuracy, so you miss. Or and also be very specific when you're multi firing so that you don't get called out on. So you can't get called out on people saying, well, you didn't declare your multi-firing. Why are you preparing for a second attack? Right. Yeah. So I would just make sure. And I like to do this as the opponent as well, um, because I don't want I don't like situations where I would have to do that to someone. Right, Jake, where I'd have to say uh, you didn't declare a multi-fire. So you can't I'm not going right. to do a multi-fire right now. Yeah. Nobody, so a nobody lot of, likes a pedant, but it's also just good to still be precise. Oh, yeah. So. There's there's two sides of this. So if you're the person doing actions, you should be very precise about what you're doing to make sure it's clear to your opponent and to you. And and this is also kind of a soft way to make sure you don't miss triggers. So right, because there are sometimes optional triggers, but there's a lot of triggers in the game that are mandatory, and you don't really want to miss them, right? So I guess I would say yeah, I got for, uh, I got kind of screwed over on that yesterday when I forgot to hide one of my Alliance Rangers. Right. So it, it's pretty easy pretty easy to miss those things but if you're walking through being clear that helps a lot and yeah like you said it matters a lot for attacks especially since there's a very specific order so and this is why i like to check with my opponent where right in the attack phase it's it's like roll your attack die attacker re-rolls defender re-rolls then attacker modifies defender modifies then attacker spends surges defender uh, can activate peers. Zillow basically is like all that matters, but right. You don't want to be in a situation and this, this happens often in casual games, right? Where someone will, they'll roll an attack. They'll be like, Oh, I can kill it. And you'll roll, they'll roll attack defense. You'll be like, Oh, I can kill him. And then, you know, my, the defender will play a Zillow card, ditch a card for Zillow and they won't give the attacker a chance to play a mod to think about it. Right. And then you're in this weird situation where it's like, Oh, well, 
I was going to positioning, or maybe they weren't planning to positioning, and then it's like, oh, discard Dezillo, and then, oh, I was going to use positioning advantage, so. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's little timing things that can cause kind of, I guess, right? And th- the framework that I try and lay out is we're trying to avoid conflict, because I would see that situation as a scenario where it's like, that conflict is unnecessary if everyone had just taken the time to walk through the necessary steps to do that, right? So then no one has to feel like, oh, I got met, you know, I got kind of screwed over by having used my Zillow card when I didn't, you know, when my unit was going to die anyway. So yes. you just want to try and avoid those scenarios. Yeah, it's yeah. Just be very precise. Follow the attack flow chart. It's just like it. Like I said, it adds a little bit of time, but just the amount of it, it takes less time to run through the attacks step by step than to call over a judge. Right. And, and I think it's especially it's good to also just pay attention as well to the uh especially on confusing units that are a little bit more confusing. So I would say I had this experience yesterday, but Emperor Palpatine, just be very explicit about, all right, at the beginning of his activation, I tempt, then I've got, so, you know, if you have to make clear that it's like, he's got two actions and the emperor ability, right? Just, just say those things out loud to make sure, you know, I I don't like it when someone does kind of a thing where they're like, they move, like, I wouldn't like it if someone activated the Emperor, like, rapidly moved him six and then, like, started doing an attack with a figure, but they're not really being very clear about which figure's doing it and who they're targeting, and they haven't tempted yet, and, like, don't, don't put your opponent in that situation where they need to interpret what you're trying to do. Like, just make everything very transparent. You have a pointer finger, point at things, say, this guy is attacking (laughs) that guy. Yep, exactly. Um, what else we got here, Jake? I had a couple things that I think um, that we should talk about because I think they are just. I think a lot of these about. things were actually covered in the uh, in the Kurt Larson interview that posted. What was it last year? Year before? Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little old. I should talk to Kurt again. He's so nice. He's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of this stuff was covered there. Uh, or the article will be posting a a link to just uh, and just generally uh, follow the golden rule of uh, don't don't be mean, don't be a dick. Yeah, very true. I want to hear what you think about. What do you think about slow play? That's a hot topic sometimes. Ooh, that is a really hot topic. Um, I can be pretty salty about slow play because I, uh, I think I lost top 16, 2016 to slow play, but I didn't call uh-huh. anybody over to like just have a judge there. I probably should have. But mm. in general, like if your opponent is like, there's the point. I think the you let the first one or two slide of like, oh, I see an obvious thing for you to do, but maybe it's not obvious to them or maybe they're seeing something and, they, maybe they see another choice that would be just as good and they're trying to decide between them that you missed. Right. And they know what's in their hand and you don't. But if, if it's a consistently that they're making – if they're consistently taking a long time to make decisions that seem like it should be obvious or if they're just consistently doing that, then then at first you should just say, hey, we want to – if we keep – if we speed it up here, we can get in another round or say, hey, uh, we have 20 minutes left in the round. Can we uh, – just just be nice about it like don't just say hey you're slow playing hurry up just but just like try to be a little bit nicer about it but but if they continue after that then i i think there's no shame in calling a judge over and saying hey he's taking a long time and then most of what judges will do will they'll just stand there watch the game and that'll and then if that'll help them speed it up yeah and i I honestly think that's the uh, best way to handle it because like you said it's i think it's difficult to to show slow play slow play let's say if your opponent let's say they have all their activations remaining right it's kind of hard to show slow play in that scenario because there are a lot of options to consider but i think i would i would be myself i would find it to be a problem and probably call someone over if i noticed 
that it was like the last activation of a round and it like it's an right if it's something stupid like an officer like a small value figure right those those types of things normally should not take that long and if that is taking a very a unusual amount of time then you should probably just get a judge involved because that probably is deliberately a problem i'd say that's deliberately a problem not like just a oh they're thinking about it type situation right so yeah it's it's definitely can be a very tricky subject so but like just just in general don't don't be mean about it just try to say like hey we we're on a clock here or hey if we speed up we can probably get an extra round right right uh i had one more thing that we should talk about too oh. that i think is fascinating that you'd have a good opinion on um what do you think about uh take backs and missed opportunities at worlds uh no mercy at at, at any of them uh, well, it, it, well, for me, it I really wanna... depends on the event and like what level of event. For me, it's worlds. I'm not like f- at, at anything like at, in the early rounds of regionals or any store champs. I'll be like, hey, you, do you want to uh, do this optional thing? Or but or like or I'll say, hey, mm. you forgot to put your block tokens on your riot trooper. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but for me, like I, I tend to fo- like worlds is where I let my competitive side loose. So right. I, for my opinion, it's, I'm not going to, if you miss an opportunity, I'm not going to say anything. Right. I'm just going to let you make your mistakes. So I can, uh, because that's, we're at the highest level. You should be playing at the highest level. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. And you know, I want, I just want to be a little bit stronger on it. Cause this is my opinion of it, of that. Uh, it is, I think it's very rude to ask, uh, if you're the son, if you're the person who missed the opportunity, I think it's very rude to ask, to take it back. Right, because or to have it take back or to a do it. really, really tough uh, decision on your opponent of, well, I could right. be, I could be really mean and say no, you missed it, too bad, uh, which would be the correct move to play. But then they come off as being, a, then they like some people don't really, like I, I honestly wouldn't care. I'd say, hey, we're playing worlds, uh, sorry, dude. Yeah, but no, but so, a lot of people would say would think like their thought process would be, oh, I don't want to come off as being a jerk, so, so then yeah, they I have to let you do it. Okay, or, so I, I, go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah, I actually <laughs> didn't have much else to add. What were you gonna say? Uh, well, okay. So I just want to like make sure we address. I just want to make it clear both sides is that I think if you're a person who's gonna say no to a take back or missed opportunity or something like that, don't ask um, for it either. Well, you shouldn't feel bad about saying no. I don't think it's appropriate for anyone to ask for those sorts of things. And I say that as the person who very I have said yes in the past to those types of things. Um. But I also think, right, don't be the person who asks. Don't. It's rude to ask. Because like you said, Jake, it does put your opponent in the impossible. And not the impossible situation, but like a an unfair moral scenario where if they say no, they look like a jerk. And if they say yes, they're deliberately hurting themselves in the in like their hopes of winning. Right. They're they're being competitive. They showed up. So obviously they want to win. So you're asking them, please hurt yourself. Yes, and that's... but if you but if you say no, you you're the jerk here. So don't do that. That's rude to do. That's not that's not how you should be playing this game. Like like you said, right? You're at the highest level of competition. If you miss something, take it with stride. Take it as a lesson to learn the next time. Yeah. No, and it, it, yeah, it's it's things that like uh, especially in the later rounds when people are tired and hungry, and it, mm. it can definitely turn out that like things can get a little heated sometimes. So just just. Be nice to each other. Uh, like everybody's there to win, but also we're all there to have fun. Right. Yep. Yep. For sure. All right. That's it. I didn't have anything else to say about it. 
Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's uh, probably the most, uh, that's, yeah, pretty pretty good comprehensive thing of just general tournament etiquette, but it, it all goes doubles for Worlds because, like I said, Worlds is honestly one of the highlights of my year every year. It's so much fun. You get to see so many cool people. A lot of them, like, I have a lot of friends who I only ever see at Worlds because they're from different parts of the country, and it's just, just so much fun. Like, uh, the best, the highlight of my year, or yes. one of them. It's a blast. You know, also to these etiquette points, I was going to say, um, it's really important that you follow these because uh, our community is not that big. And right, I can list, I could, Jake, <laughs> off air, I could tell you, right, like the, I don't know, five to ten people who it's like, boy, I sure hope I don't have to play against them. Yeah, and, Be- then, and then... Not they- because I think they're good. There are some players I don't want to play against because they're good, but there are some <laughs> that I don't want to play against because I don't like them very much. Like, right. <laughs> it's like, and, I don't want to play and with conversely, you. like, there's a there's a couple people I could list off the top of my head of these are people I really like if I see them on the list of oh I'm paired up against them I know I'm about to sit down have a really fun game uh, like like we're going to have a good solid uh, tight game of Imperial Assault but also have a lot of fun doing it yeah yeah and that's that's so a good way to go. Get- a, yeah you know what I can I can honestly describe that some of my favorite games so the game that knocked me out of the tournament last year was against a local player who uh, he's just a, he was a really good player, super nice guy, and like I was, we were laughing during our game. So it was, you know, that's that's the way that's the way you want to win or lose. You don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't like having it to be like tense or against someone who's rude or things like right. that. Right? So. Yeah, I had some I had some tense games at Worlds last year. I also like uh, one of the games I lost in Swiss was against the ex co-host of this podcast, Tim Bloom, and he's he's just a really fun guy to play against. I'm really sad to see him go. Yeah. Man, what a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Went to play yeah. Legion. Also a good game. It is also, also a good game. F- also a fun game. That's that's a conversation for another time, I suppose. Yeah. All right, Jake. Well, uh, nice job. It's a good episode. I, I agree. No, the, Listen, and, uh, Listeners, I don't you. care what you think. And and enough of, <laughs> and like even just outside of our navel gazing, we really hope that people enjoy this episode, find something fun in it. Uh, mm. Yeah, and if you... It, like, please, I don't know. Well, actually, Eric, I'm not quite sure. I haven't tested it yet, but I have a really thick skin. If you have something that you thought was bad or something you want us to change, let me know. Yeah, sure. And it's not like I'm going to defend our meta discussion as the most thorough one ever. But. <laughs> oh, of course not. We yeah. Don't we... attack me on that. Riot Troopers, they're great. I swear. <laughs> I promise. Um, have you God, heard the good else? news of Kane Somos? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I do want to also double down again on something we talked about earlier um, at Worlds because I just I just realized this that this will be our last episode before Worlds right should be after Worlds Maybe. we might do a um, like just a, a full recap or we might just do a quick recap or we might uh, we might try to simulcast with some of the other podcasts that will be represented there who knows yeah that would be fantastic but I know that you gotta bounce almost immediately after the tournament uh, yeah my flight leaves at uh, my flight okay. for to my friend's wedding leaves at 6 a.m on Friday morning so if we want to do anything we're gonna have to do it on Thursday yeah which yeah I I actually probably will be able to do but I just haven't thought that far ahead but yeah so but what I want to double down is uh, really come say hello to us Jake and I will probably be sitting by each other before the tournament starts normally there is kind of a dead period like where everyone's kind of waiting around yeah everybody shows up an hour early and then it's ffg so they're gonna probably be 15 20 minutes late starting so it's just a really good conversation time uh i'm gonna try to get a crew together to go get lunch during the lunch break there's a couple really nice restaurants nearby uh yeah it's just a 
and well, and like I said, we're gonna try to get uh, some crews together to do dinner or drinks or both or whatever. Yeah, and so maybe we'll try and share that if that's happening. We'll try and share that stuff on the Facebook. Yeah, page. I'll uh, yeah keep it keep an eye on the Facebook. I I might post oh, some God. picture. I'll probably post some pictures of from my games and throw out some uh, throw some pictures from my games. Maybe throw out a hey, we're all meeting at Max Fish and Chips. Feel free to come out and say hello type of thing oh yeah you know what jake this is so funny me thinking about this because i've just never done i've never been like a social media person in the way where i'm dependable so right i might be here's a here's an example of what i expect will happen i'll be i'll promise that i'm going to share the results of my games as they go on on that first day of the tournament but and i'll literally share the first results and then i will not share any of them the rest of the day (laughs) i i will not commit myself to any sort of schedule i will just throw it up when i remember (laughs) throw it up when i have time but we will try. I will try. I will honestly try because it's kind of cool. Yeah. So, uh, all right, Jake, let's awesome. wrap this thing up. We look forward to seeing everybody there. Or if you're not there, uh, we look forward to meeting you at some other point. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Come say hello. I'm super, if you don't know who I am, I'm super, I'm the super tall one. <laughs> super tall one with the red hair, probably wearing a bike shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Probably wearing, yeah. You know what? I probably will be in my bike gear. I, I almost guarantee I will be biking to FFG both days for the tourney. So yeah so yeah cool all right i think we've uh minnesota goodbye to you long enough we'll talk to you guys later <laughs> yeah thanks a lot jake hey nice talking to you talk to you bye yeah bye-bye